0: PulpMX Network Production.
1: A series of the most exciting action imaginable. five for Ryan two
2: Welcome to the Leah Re-Racables on PulpMX.com. This and Weed revisit the instant classics from yesteryear, spotlighting those historic moto moments that simply never grow old.
0: Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Lee at Reraceables. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend. Subscribe. Rate us on, the, uh, on your podcast app and all that kind of stuff. We'd really appreciate it. These are a lot of fun. Lakewood 2017 is the race today. Uh, epic for a number of reasons that we'll get into. And we're uh, loving that we're having Justin Bogle on air, who took a very surprising first moto win in the 450 class on his RCH bike. So lots to get into when it comes to this race, and lots to get into when it comes to Liat as well. Liat.com, if you want to go there, check out what they have. Mountain bike stuff, dirt bike stuff, uh, head-to-toe, they'll have you covered. Neck brace, of course, they've all redesigned that and made it much, much, much better than what it was when the first gen came out. And uh, protection wear, uh, they do a really good job of that, the guys at Liat. So please check that out. Motor Concepts guys, of course, running the gear. Email us using the contact form on Pulp MX to get a code to save with Liat. And uh, that's probably the best part of this deal, right? Different people ride for different reasons, yet there's a common denominator that binds everyone who puts their body on the line for the sheer enjoyment of it. And this is what Liat offers as a brand. They make protective wear, helmets, goggles, riding gear, knee braces, boots. By the way, the boots were helped developed by our own Chris Kiefer. Neck braces covering uh, moto and mountain bike guys head to toe. Well, what Liat what really stands for is a promise of things to come. They are in the business of making sure that you have the confidence and equipment. To push yourself faster, harder, and further than you ever thought you could go. Lee dot com. Thank you to those guys for titling this podcast. Really wouldn't happen without them. So thank you to those guys. Uh, Maxis Tires, Guts Racing, Scott Goggles, all on board with us as well. As well as decal work. So looking forward to talking to you guys about those guys as well. Uh, We got Weege on the line. And uh, let's take a look at Lakewood and uh, talk a little bit about it, shall we? All right, the man who called the action that day in uh, Lakewood is on the line, uh, him and Grant Langston in the booth. It's uh, Jason Weigand. What's up, Weege?
1: Yeah, it's an all-time day. It's all-time day. It's
0: pretty good, right? Like, I didn't realize it. So we ran into uh, Justin Bogle at a race. He told us that he listens to Re-Raceables. We're like, what? And then we're like, well, would you do one with us? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. And we're like, well, you got to do Lakewood. And he's like, yeah. So, yeah, it all came well, together.
1: Or uh, buds, where he went wins later in the year. Yeah, but he yep. said Lakewood.
0: So I was like, he did, yeah. he did,
1: yeah. So yep.
0: I mean, so then I go back into this. I mean, obviously I remember him winning and all that. And uh, then I yep. go back into this, and I'm like, holy crap! There's this observations column that's uh, online from that race. Oh, the uh, any the- good. It's really good, yeah. It's oh, it's wow, okay. It's really okay. good. Uh, the guy's really funny. He's very factual. So started reading that and uh, watched a little video of it. And, uh, yeah, there's a, a lot of things to talk about when it comes to this race.
1: Yes, because we were doing this show as the – remember that day where Bogle won the first moto out of nowhere? Yeah. And then we realized the second moto is the Chupacabra – I don't have a famous father – Blake Baggett rocketing to the top of the yes. 450 Nationals. I had forgotten this was the same day.
0: Yeah, me too. And I was like, so watching it, they show the crash with Marvin and Baggett and everybody in the first moto. And then Baggett goes all the way to third. And then yeah. and then I'm like, oh, wait. And then the second moto, yeah, he rails the outside of the top of the hill and just blows by Tomac Again, not many people have done this.
1: <laughs> so no and it's in colorado for what it's worth
0: yeah good point um, yep yep yeah
1: um, well it was a big deal back then but then we do know now that maybe the all-time weirdo eli ride was colorado 2021 yeah where it just went but just went 10 10
0: yep yep yeah that's good but, point uh, at yeah. the
1: time we just thought nobody beats tomac in colorado
0: well maybe tomac sag wasn't correct that 2021 year
1: <laughs> I, yes that's right um, well with this one um Remember what the word on Tomac was after this? That he did a military workout with his brother? Yeah. Did too many pull-ups during the week or something like that?
0: No, no. Or was this the year he pounded in the fence posts?
1: That was Unadilla, okay. I think. Maybe the same year, okay. yeah.
0: There was one where his <laughs> was, arm yes. were shot because he was doing pen- fence posting <laughs> yes, during the yes, week. Yes, yes, yes,
1: working on the ranch. Um, <laughs> so, all right,
0: let me give you, I don't know if you've done any research on this, uh, but let me give you a pop quiz here. Uh, oh. Who's the points leader coming into into Lakewood, 2017?
1: Uh, wait, is it Marv? Yes, Marv. Because, because Tomac, uh, bike had a uh f- brakes broke at Glen Helen, I think.
0: Yeah, front brake, right? I think. Um,
1: yeah, and then Mike Williamson, who was smart enough to to get ahead, Williamson was the crew chief or, he was a mechanic or was he mechanic?
0: Uh, or mechanic or then, I think. Yeah.
1: Oh, because. Or what maybe not. Kranz. No, no,
0: Crans. Crans would have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So
1: he was a crew chief. So remember this year, man. There's so much to unpack in this crazy 2017 season. We didn't even want to get into the the, the bunching that happened just a few weeks earlier in Vegas. Yeah. Um. Remember, Tomac's front brake broke at the Dallas Supercross. He lost a ton of points. Then his brakes broke again at Glen Helen, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, Cowie sucks." And uh, Williamson was smart enough. Do you remember this? He texted us a photo of the master cylinder to show us that a rock did it. It wasn't anything they did at Glen Helen.
0: I do not remember that. Nope. Yes. Okay.
1: It was smart. He's like rock damage. And I'm like, that is smart. He wants us to know that Cowie didn't screw up the same thing two times in one year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that was yep. it. Right. Um Yeah. Yeah. So Marv's leading the points because of that, but Marv yep. had gone 2 two at the opener and then he won the first moto at Glen Helen. Uh, second moto got third. And so like, Marv, man, on it. Um coming yes. coming into uh coming to this moto. And by the way, uh JG, uh I was looking at his results. Uh he gets 3 thirds to start the year, which is remarkably consistent for JG. But wow. then DNF's uh the second moto at Glen Helen. And then at this race, uh at Lakewood at this race, he goes um uh hold on one second. In typical JG fashion, uh he goes
1: Oh, here we go. Yeah.
0: Uh, So he's got three-thirds to start the year, and then uh, another third, then a DNF, and then he goes uh, 38-5 at Lakewood. So who knows what happened? Um, Yeah, uh, but just so JG, just all over the map. It's fast, yeah, fast, and then all over the map. So he's he's on it, right? Um,
1: If you had told me Josh Grant was on the gas and getting podiums that year, I'd be like, what?
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: I do not recall that at all. No.
0: Uh, and our guy Bogle wins the first Who's moto. Who's he
1: even really been riding for? Cowey. I don't even know. For Cowie. He got thirds that year on Cowie?
0: Three thirds to start the year.
1: Oh, my God. Tomac's teammate. Yeah. Quiz anybody and say, were Josh Grant and Eli Tomac <laughs> ever teammates on Factory Cowie?
0: Well, that one I think maybe get, but did he ever do anything on a Factory Cowie? I think <laughs> you might. be,
1: but I'm not. I'm both. I do remember seeing, you know, his bike at 33 Cowie, now that you mentioned it, but I don't. I don't recall these podiums. Good job, JG. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. And that's why Josh Grant kept getting rides, everybody. That's, that's just why. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, really neat season. Bogle takes off with this first moto win, just out of nowhere, his first 450 moto win. He had come in. Um, hold on. I got the notes here. He had come in. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to him later, by the way. Uh, 8, yeah, 10, he, 12, 5. First four it, <laughs> motos of the year.
1: Yep, It was coming. I mean, maybe fifth at Glen Hillen is probably more than we were probably giving or should have given more credit.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, he's, he's on but, my... yeah,
1: 8, 10, 12, 5 to dominate modal, uh, the, the fifth moto of the year.
0: And just pulls away from Anderson. Just pulls away. Um, he gets a little bit of help with Baggett, Marv. Tomac went down twice. Um, but still, a great ride. And you and GL in the booth are just throwing – just you're, you guys are just in shock.
1: Uh, yeah, I will fully yeah. admit that, as I will with Bogle when we get him on the phone um, <laughs> yeah. later. But you're missing one other. Yeah, Tomac goes down. I think we only get one of the crashes on TV. He tips over like in the ruts. Yeah. And a left-hander. I don't know if we had the other one. Yeah, the first turn crash. But Steve, there is also one man who leaves this thing early. Bogle does not hole shot. Instead, it is another rider who for many, many years had raced the 250 class and had been criticized it said, it's time to move on, get on a 450, and this man finally did that, mm-hmm. and he rode very well all summer, and he is the early leader of this moto, but then, Steve, who is this one man, and then what happens to well, this one man? While
0: he's well, Marty Davalos is the man, and uh, <laughs> it's great to see him in the 450 class. Many
1: uh, people had been saying that yeah, he needed to move up.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, he washes the front end out. It's uh, it's odd. Yeah, it's an odd thing. He he gets a couple podiums this summer uh, on the Husky Rockstar Husky. He's great. He, he misses yeah. three rounds uh, or three races, yep. and three motos. So he probably is a sixth place guy at the end of the year if he if he races all the races. Um, yeah, justifying everything good. I ever said about him.
1: Yeah. He, yes, and then somehow you flipped it from his greatest critic. To the well, no. I was just always saying you should have moved up, and then he agrees that he wanted to move up, and then somehow you had reached this equilibrium agreement. <laughs> it's I will never understand. Yeah,
0: will, yeah. It was uh, it was a real word puzzle that I got myself out of on that one.
1: You became Marty's guy somehow. Yeah, I, I did. didn't know.
0: Yes, it flipped. To, it flipped like like WWE to me yes. to me saying Marty was robbing his team managers with a mask and a gun. Yes. And then it yes. came to Geneva, where I'm helping Marty work on his bike to try to take down Justin Brayton. I'm literally I'm really, working wait, on his wait. bike. Yeah.
1: How, how dare you? Well, it didn't, first w- of
0: all. well, first of all, he was leading and would have won, but lost the front. Oh, he lost the front. So, oh,
1: God. Oh, God. Uh, we, yeah, he was riding incredible at that Geneva. But yes, you, I had forgotten. This is Marty in the lead. And I'm like, oh, wait, Marty. Uh, oh,
0: oh there the it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lakewood, Lakewood's. I, 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 we've, you've agreed with me. We've talked about it. Sneaky good race. Uh, it's mm-hmm. uh, provided us with a couple of night races that were pretty unique and pretty neat. And uh, this bagot moment and uh, Stu moment, right? A photographer crossing the track. Tomac uh, season-ending crash at, at Lake. Like a lot of Lakewood stuff going on. Uh, and a lot of good races and a lot of moments.
1: Yeah, you're right. Um, and I think honestly one of the reasons is its position in the schedule. You know, we always talk about how the first couple rounds of both Supercross and Motocross are usually pretty weirdo. So I feel like by the time you get out of, you know, some years it's two races in California, or most years, right, Hangtown and, and Glen Helen, or Hangtown and Palo, whatever it may be, and then it, every rider's like, oh, once we go east, once we go east, and I'm not used to this. I've been riding Supercross, like they all need some time, and then it's like I feel like by the time you get to this third or fourth ish type part of the series. Is when the real racing begins, and maybe that's what leads to um, epic battles or surprises where dudes suck at the first two races, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they win. It definitely seems to happen. I don't know if it's the track or just being the third race.
0: So, Blake Baggett, we we, yeah. we need to talk Blake Baggett. Uh, I guess first yeah. though, before we do, when we talk about Baggett, we got to talk about Scott Goggles because our guy Knowles and Blake, we're buddies. Uh, yep. Scott Sports has yep. been providing the best in goggle technology. To all motorsports disciplines for over 50 years, Scott is a global leader in innovation, technology, and design. Scott has always been supplied to support racing, from grassroots all the way to guys now, like Jason Anderson, Pro Circuit, uh, Chad and Walker Fowler, and more. Uh, Scott is excited to relive iconic moments in the sport with the Re-Raceables podcast, many which have featured uh, Scott goggles, including Blake Baggett, winning this race. Scott, the only goggle made in the USA. Thank you to the guys at Scott uh, as well for coming aboard Lee at ReRaceables. Uh, Blake Baggett, so... We can't really catch up with him, and if anybody does, it'll be you. I don't know if you've tried. He's gone. Um,
1: He's gone, yeah. There's been occasional. There's been occasional. um, Almost like the occasionalness is almost perfect for him. I had not. I tried. There were almost some texts, and then it completely went cold for a long time. And then I kid you not, Steve, last year, the 50th anniversary of Pro we we ran a profile on every rider who'd won a title. So there was a, you know, one minute long, you know, here's Blake Baggett's career on his 250 national title. And then I get a text from Blake. Mm -hmm. Hey, thanks for remembering me. I'm not dead. Yep. Which means that Blake was at home watching. I think this was Millville. He's watching qualifying every week for the Nationals. Who knew?
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, Nobody, because it's Blake Baggett. Won a 250 national championship, had some incredible rides. And as Bogle reminds us in this conversation, after he won the second moto at Lakewood passing Eli Tomac, he won the next moto next week at High Point. Uh, he went on a string of like four straight podiums, or f- including the Lakewood, like five straight podiums, finished third in the series. He was not a factory rider, but the bike was pretty close to factory. I think there's a couple things they didn't get from KTM, but it was basically a factory bike on the uh, Rocky Mountain team. And yeah, he couldn't stay healthy, but then had... Incredible speed at times. Maybe, like, I kind of think of Blake, like Trey Kennard. Is that comparable for him? I mean, not personality and all that, but, like, just...
1: I'd I'd say close in the way. I mean, Kennard's problem was much more of the the crashes and injuries. Baggett was just more weirdo. Like, yes, he did get hurt at times, but I think a lot of it was just, even when he was healthy, it just wouldn't be there. And then all of a sudden, it just would be. Um, But, yes, as far as... I mean, there are two guys who can walk around and say, on my day, I could beat anybody. I beat the best of the best heads up. You know, mm-hmm. you know, Kennard can say that he beat Stu when Stu was good or Roxen when he was good or Chad or Dunge, RV. Like, Trey has beaten them straight up. And Bagot can be like, dude, I've raced Eli Tomac. He's beaten me more than I've beaten him. But hell yeah, I've beaten him straight up. Yeah, There's not a lot of guys that can say what those two can say.
0: And correct me if I'm wrong. You would know this. They raced amateurs together, right?
1: Uh, a little bit. No, I felt like a was, little bit. Okay. I don't think them in the same class. Okay. I think okay. Blake is younger. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because if you think about it, Blake is more of the um, Blake is more of the Tomac Anderson age, and Trey is the Dungey age.
0: No, oh, no, no. So, I meant Baggett racing Tomac as an amateur.
1: No, oh, yeah, oh, Baggett and oh, Tomek is yeah, amateur. Yeah. And that, Anderson as well. Yes, that is um, that is epic yes. amateur stuff, right. The same dudes who are killing it now, battling each other, um, you know, even uh, Mookie is the same age, um, It's just missing Baggett because he literally went missing. Uh, um, and let's not forget, <laughs> let's not forget, um, he did get injured. He got uh, hurt. He hurt his thumb at Red I mean, he was the red point holder or red plate holder. It looked like, wait a minute, this is not just weirdo Baggett two or three races like, he might win the title. Like he might beat Tomac for this title. And then he got knocked down at um, Redbud and hurt his thumb. We must not forget that for whatever reason, he was just Anderson's punching bag. Anderson knocked him down at Redbud and that's how he got yep, hurt.
0: That's right. Yeah, at the bottom. Why? Yep.
1: I'll never know. He, um, Anderson's got so much crap going down right now at Barsha. I forgot that at one point he was the bag, it had become just a pinata. For Anderson, for El El, Hombre had a piñata. And High Point. It was El Chupacabra piñata for El Hombre.
0: Baggett wins the next week at High Point, and Marv finishes like 16th, and Tomac finishes like 12th. So, don't remember. Marv
1: hurt his knee, I think, before High Point, so he struggled there. Yeah. I mean, 2017, and remember, this, again, is the same year with Bunching and Supercross and Osborne knocking down Savacci. Like, good Lord, what a season.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So then Blake wins this race. Talks about how he had Coldstone on Friday night. Talks about how no one talks about him because he doesn't have a famous father.
1: Like... He did that on Pulp, by the way. He did. Yes, that was actually Pulp.
0: <laughs> I should really do my research. I thought this was a press Press conference. I thought this was a press conference.
1: Uh, there was a lot of shade in the press conference. There was okay, but then he went. 48 hours later on your show and then turned it up another couple notches.
0: So I wasn't at this press conference, but I remember coming back and you or Wes Williams, somebody was like, dude, Baggett just let it out in that press conference. You know what (laughs) I mean? Like you should have been there. And I was like, oh shit. And then, you know, so that's why I thought it was all in that. Yeah.
1: That's probably why you got him on pulp.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I'm going to get this. But what's funny, he went off. So a couple times there in a week span. And uh anyone I asked, expecting like, oh, what kind of reaction it is gonna get, all these dudes that had race it growing up, it it didn't make their heart rate go up one beat. The consistent response was, ah oh, yeah, it's just Blake, dude. He's just always been weird. <laughs> yeah. Like even I saw Tomac that year in um I feel like I was talking to Tomac on the line maybe at Muddy Creek. Uh I think I didn't see him at high point, and then maybe Muddy Creek was the next race. And I was like, hey, what's your reaction here with Baggett, like, throwing you all the shade on pulp in the press conference? Like, are you pissed? Or, mm-hmm. like, how are you treating this? And he's like, yeah, I don't know. It was a random attack. And that was it. <laughs> and then I asked other people, and they are like, yeah, Eli's like, I've been racing the guys since I was eight. It's just the way it is. You just, I don't think it bothered anybody. They're just like, that's yeah. just Blake being weird. Another that's what th- Blake does.
0: Another thing I left out was, yeah, Baggett said he broke. Tomac broke Eli, you know? Yes. Um
1: yes. That's what it was. The press conference was we we broke Tomac. Yeah. Pulp was I don't have a famous father, so people don't talk about me. Yeah, yeah. And that's I, right. And we, I broke, had, we broke Tomac. And
0: we were around that truck yeah. a lot. We had conversations with Blake, not even about racing, just about life and he he, he had some theories. He was a different dude. That's for sure. He was, but yeah. he was great. Like yeah, he, yeah. Was nope, he was hilarious. No, he the, he was fun. Yeah. He was, uh, he would call me totally. CNN. He would call you Fox. Uh, we would yep. laugh about it. Not in a mean way. Um, we, he, no. yeah, very personable, very funny guy, but a different dude. That's for sure. Yeah. We,
1: yes, that's right. We would, we spent hours talking to the guy, but never about racing. And if you dared, he would give you like, I ate Cold Stone, like the yeah. answers to the racing would be so bizarre. You could never tell. <laughs> was He is yeah. just, was he trying to throw you off the scent or was what he said yeah. true?
0: But you ended up being a bit of a Blake Whisperer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why he I – I can't even tell you where this happened. It was early in his career when he was on Rockstar Suzuki. Yeah. And uh, I think it was like Press Day in St. Louis, which we always hold the heralded, everyone wants to go to Press Day in Anaheim 1, but nobody wants to go in St. Louis. So uh, there wasn't a lot of media around, and it was a long day, and I just ended up hanging out with Blake and his mm-hmm. parents in the hallway, and the dude was just blowing my mind. Like, he was saying hilarious – I don't even know, stuff, and next thing you know, I'm like his guy. Yeah. Um, and his dad is always awesome, right? Yeah. Yep. Teams might not think that. They they never liked the dads. But the yeah, dad th- was great.
0: I think there was some definitely some tension between Peyton and uh Tom Baggett, uh at yeah. times, you know. But yeah, oh, but
1: we loved Tom Baggett.
0: Yeah, it w- it was it was great. This uh yeah. this um this guy that wrote this observations column, he, he says, uh Bag it at one of those days at Thunder Valley we all dream about. He had 17, was looking at a dealer card of an 8, and hit a 4. After okay. that, he rolled into the club and took the hottest chick back to his VIP suite. I don't even know which ride was more impressive, the charge of the front in Moto 1 or the catch, pass, and drop of Eli in Moto 2. That's good stuff.
1: Yeah. yeah. What, what happened to that rider? I don't know. He just bails it in now. I
0: think it's 16 years of trying to come up with original <laughs> takes, and I think he's out of takes. I just think he's out. Like five
1: hours a week. will do that to a guy. Yeah.
0: I just think he's, yeah. Justin yeah. Bogle will win a moto. You re, if you thought Justin Bogle was going to win a moto, you're either a liar or his mom and dad. <laughs> it's good
1: stuff. Well, it it brings me back to the broadcast that you're talking about here. And, uh, this season was so unpredictable at the beginning. Bogle winning the moto Bagot winning the moto, taking the points lead, uh, when you're assuming it's really going to be Marv against Eli mm-hmm. for this title. Cause Dungy is retired. Um, It was tough because, you know, I felt like these were surprises. And then you act as such to build it up. I mean, every year you want to have eight or ten guys that can win. So when you start getting something unpredictable, you want to live the part. Um, But then it was like uh, this it cuts both ways. So by the time we got to high point, some people were pissed that we were too excited about Baggett winning just one race or Bogle winning just one moto. And then at the same time, I think some of the Bogle Baggett people were like, why did you act like it's such a big deal? What are you surprised? uh, It it shouldn't be a surprise. We're awesome. Why are you surprised? (laughs) You you
0: can't win. Yeah. No,
1: you can't win. It was like, I guess we should just not, like Baggett passes Tomac in Colorado. I thought that was a big deal. I guess it's not a big deal. I guess we should have expected it.
0: (laughs) At his home track. Um, And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then, but Cali got big B was not happy the next race (laughs) not happy he's like I get it man we all have our biases we all have our favorite guys and I'm like no I just thought it was a huge deal that Blake Baggett who had never won a moto on a 450 before just all of a sudden did this
0: Uh, yeah and the way he's he's like no no
1: it's because it's your favorite guy and I'm like (laughs) I thought it was a big deal that he won his first moto and no one expected it is that surprising that's not surprising (laughs)
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't win, right? Absolutely. No. Well, uh, you no. and as far as the Bogle moto win, I mean you and GL are like GL at one point is like, Boy, you'd won some big money in Vegas if you had bet on Justin Bogle winning a moto this year. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Which is yes. true though. It's absolutely true. But but yeah, yep. it um yep all of that you guys are very surprised at this as as Bogle will tell us uh in this conversation. But um but yeah. hey uh, this moto went great for him, and he didn't. And he talks about what happened in the second moto, so stay tuned to that conversation. But also, let's not, he wins Buds Creek later this year. So it's not um, completely, you know, never done again or whatever. The dude wins a national. So, yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, that's what it really took. It's weird to have a race. It was almost like uh, incomplete. You know, if he wins that, and guys have had these weirdo moto wins, right? Uh, for sure. But him winning the overall. And proving he can do it, you know, come back and, and stamp it and not just have one good day. I, I think that – I don't think this Moto win to me means the same if he doesn't get the overall later in the year to prove it was no fluke and he was legit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I think – also, by the way, looking at this results I'm thinking about this year, Marv most likely will retire with a 250 Supercross championship. And that and that is it. One regional championship. That again, you look at the history of regional championships. It's not doesn't mean that much. It doesn't isn't that big of a deal in your career. Yeah. And, and that's how he's going to most likely retire. And then you look at like this year or the supercross years, and you're just like the guy. He never won a national championship. Two fifties, four fifties indoors, out. Yeah, um, and he was good. He was so good. Yeah,
1: yeah. I've said this for a while. I don't know. I do not know in history how to classify Marv. He's like in his own group of like, he's better. Why well, there's he's, like he's legends.
0: Windham. He's Windham, I think.
1: It is kind of like Wyndham. Yeah. It's like there's legends and he's not a legend, but he's better than everyone else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's
1: I, better than, I think, I think the point you're making here, right, is he's probably better than anyone remembers or people are going to remember. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yes. And, and, yep. he, made, was an he was not at all so ran. He was not.
0: And maybe he, the difference between him yep. and Wyndham is he's French, and Wyndham was the good old American guy. Uh, so you'll, because yeah. I do feel like people remember K Dub even to this day, and they talk about him and the transfers, and, you know, he had a big fan base and all of that. Oh, yeah. Marv's yep. not going to have that outside nope. of Kellen. And yes. <laughs> it's going to be a shame, a bit of a shame. Yeah.
1: I mean, he, yeah, he was unbelievable. And I even feel like this I even feel like when Marv was almost winning these titles, but not getting it done, there was too much oh, you know, he was k Tim's guy to get it done and he didn't do his job talk. And I'm like, I don't really feel like, I feel like he's overachieved. I do not feel like Marv underachieved by any means. Like, okay, I get it. Dunge retires and then Marv becomes their next 450 guy. So I guess if you don't do what Dunge did, which is win three straight Supercross titles before you retire, I guess you're letting the team down. But what I'd always love to say is, can you imagine what Marv is getting paid compared to Roxon and Tomac? yeah. Yeah, it can't even be close, no,
0: right? No, well, I, I don't. It's probably good, but yeah, not. I don't know. But in, he's in not the, getting Roxin money. No, no, no. But in the end, Marv made multi multi millions of dollars in his career. I'm and, not saying yeah. he's poor, yeah. but
1: I'm saying like it was on a silver platter. Like when Villapoto and Dunge are gone, Tomac and Roxen will probably win much, almost all the races and titles for a long span, just like Villapoto and Dunge did, or just like Chad and Stu did before that. And Marv got in there. And on multiple occasions, could beat them, could lead points, could almost take titles away. I don't feel like that was supposed to be in the cards. I feel like Marv, working with Alden, KTM, his own work ethic, I feel like he overachieved. He went toe-to-toe with guys like Roxton and Tomac many times, didn't win titles, but battled them tooth and nail. And I think he overachieved, but I think people look at like, well, it was KTM hard to win a title. He yeah. didn't do his job. Yeah, That's a big ask. That's a big ask.
0: Yeah, we're, we're celebrating Baggett in this for this ride, but Marv's got many of these. I mean, he caught and passed Tomek at Southwick. I remember Southwick in the sand where it's Endurance and Gnarly yeah. and everything else. And Marv yeah. just worked Eli. And that's just one of many races where Marv was on top, you know? Yeah. Or
1: And, and the, both Supercross and Motocross equally, which a lot of the guys in that Marv-type category, except Wyndham, maybe that's what makes Wyndham exceptional also, they were kind of specialists. Like, Baggett did win a Supercross, but... He was considered more of an outdoor guy. Marv was equally good at both, yes. which to me is good to at an even higher level.
0: Yep. Which Wyndham was equally good at both? So, yeah. Yeah. So that's yep. what I mean. Like yep.
1: only Wyndham's in that category. Yeah. It which didn't should... need to be right track, right type of thing, right time. Like Listen, uh, I'm anytime, g- any place, Marv could get it done.
0: I think I'm giving Racer Online an idea. Let's break down <clears throat> Marvin Wyndham's careers, results, and oh. points, and right.
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Seconds and thirds and how close did they right, get. Right,
0: right. You know, we, we yeah. everybody knows the thing yep. about Wyndham getting seconds six times or something uh, yeah. to, in championships, yeah. you know? So, yep. um, yeah, lots to talk about when it comes to those two. But mm. on this day, uh, Justin... Hey, Marv's
1: out for a while. We uh, should probably just get him on one of these shows, too. Yeah, he'd probably do it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, uh, also, by the way, thanks to the folks at Max's Tires. Uh, MXST is developed by Jeremy McGrath. A-Ray uses these uh, tires as well. Our guy, A-Ray... We'll be out for a while due to another sketchy, devastating crash in supercars but when he comes back he'll be on max's tires uh mountain bike tires as well uh great great light truck tires trailer tires all of that stuff uh, maxis.com for more information on that thank you to those guys scott decal works guts racing and of course the folks at Liet, email us using the contact form on pulp MX to get a discount from leon uh decal mx pulp MX 23 is the code to save at decalmx.com. DecalWorks decal works has been in the industry forever now uh, voted number one consistently for uh um, product and for service and for quality red bull ktm uses them as well for their graphics husqvarna off-road uh decalmx.com PulpMX 23 is a code to save with those guys uh super quick turnaround the, whatever you design they'll do it from the mile to the wild uh decal works check them out uh, and use the code thank you to those guys um all right you want to talk, talk to bogle or anything else on on i want to talk 250s when we come back but uh Anything
1: else? First? Uh, I just want to thank uh, Decal Works. That's where all my graphics come from as well. So, personal endorsement. It's pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, let's talk to Bogle.
0: All right, now, we've been talking about Lakewood 2017 and uh, all the things that happened that day. And now we got to talk to the gentleman who was maybe the uh, the surprise of the day, the star of the day, uh, one of uh, a rides that uh, just left us all shaking our heads. It's Justin Bogle. What's up, Bogle? How are you, man?
2: How are we doing, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Um... Like I said earlier over text, my face was sore that day from all the back compliments I was getting about how surprising it was that I was fast and going dead. So good times, good times. Yeah,
0: yeah, it um look, man, you would come into this race, riding for RCH like we talked about, eight, ten, twelve, five in the first four motos. Um,
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean there was nothing there's nothing that pointed towards me going and winning a moto by twelve seconds straight up by hey, you just never know. That was kind of the story of my career. You just you never know. I mean I could show up one weekend and be really good or I could, you know, be really bad. It was kind of one or the other.
1: I swear to you on the conference call Wednesday at noon leading into this race, GL GL and I were like, Everybody's sleeping on Bogle. We can mm-hmm. see it. It's just it's mm-hmm. not there in the numbers, but the, the riding is there. And if you guys aren't thinking that he's going to beat Tomac in Colorado this weekend, you guys don't know what you're talking about. We 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 said it quite a bit
2: leading <laughs> in. and that that's mm. what we call foresight, my friends. That is, yes. that is good. <laughs> that's why he they pay it. you guys the big money. You gotta, yes, you guys see things. Yeah. It's like Stu this weekend predicting everything that was going to happen in the race. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there we go. Right. It's like a yeah. It's a sixth sense that that these guys have. These top announcers have. I will say,
2: I must have heard you guys. I must have heard the broadcast because I went out and sucked the second moto. So maybe I was like, "Oh, I'm not supposed to be up here." Oh, <laughs> Can we, sorry about that. Yeah, mute that thing.
0: Can mute well look, you, you won another national in your career, Buds Creek. Of course, you won the overall. So, like, this wasn't you know, this wasn't something that just you had one moto win the, the rest of your life or whatever. So, um, you got the overall, so you're good. And
1: the same year, too. Yeah, the same year. Exactly. It up. Um, yeah.
0: Let's start with this, Bogle. The fire in the pits. What was that? I forget. There
2: was so much excitement going on. It was awesome. It was like perfect for me because my ADD is just always peeing in off the chart. So when that happened, it's like, oh, it's like crisis mode. We're getting focused and everything's sorted. You're kind of in a hurry. You don't have time to get really stressed out or worried about it. And I, have always loved Lakewood. It is my favorite track by far, like the dirt, the ruts, if you watch, I'm watching the race right now. If you watch that race, I'm just standing up, like, third gear, cruising everywhere. And it was it was fast to ride that track that way. I think I had my best 250 race in my career there as well. So I really liked that track. And so I was feeling good going into that one anyways. But, yeah, we had a little mishap. None of the management was at that race either. Kyle Bentley, who was one of my favorite team managers, he was always so, like, driven and focused i loved it Mm -hmm. um he wasn't at that one and he was so pissed at all of us he's like you guys are idiots you look dumb but we pulled it together and i i mean i totally redeemed us for half the day at least
0: (laughs) what was the (laughs) fire fire, though yeah how did
2: that start or what what Um, i think yeah it was shortly before i mean we were i think me and brock were about to go watch the start for the 250s and somebody was putting on graphics and somebody, it was a good distance away, that was filling up one of the bikes with gas or putting gas in a can or something.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, yeah, I, dude was using a torch to uh, heat the graphics up. And, you know, that's a recipe for, for disaster, you know?
0: Oh, okay. Jeez. Oh. So, yeah. So
2: Got is that the why the team was being called idiots? By, uh, by our team manager, yes. Yes. Okay. That,
1: that's fair. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Not happy, But so that all happened and it was exciting, you know, and then get to the gate and I'm like, well, that was cool. Adrenaline's pumping already. And then I went out and got a good start, which, I mean, it's not like that's the first time that it happened, but I just felt really good. Like I was just riding out front and nobody was catching me or showing me a wheel. And I was like, all right, I'm just getting more and more comfortable. I was, and I was feeling good about everything going into this one. Anyways, I had moved to Florida, I had done all of this stuff. I was I really felt I was in my Rocky mode at that point specifically. Like I was had a old queen size mattress on the floor. You know what I mean? I had like a lawn chair in the living room and my T V on the floor. Like I was just really out here grinding. I had Jeannie just just on my ass and I was dying in the Tallahassee heat. So hmm. I mean I was feeling good coming into this one and once I got the start I was like, Oh baby, here's my chance, let's go. One of these crazy things,
1: by the way, in this race, um, were you even tired? Like, did it even feel hard? The amount of guys who like have a breakthrough and then they're just like, you know what? That was actually easier than the races where I don't win. Was that the case? It's, I remember the day yeah, you kind of I said mean, it that way.
2: Yep. I, mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, it was the easiest race of my entire life, which <laughs> is so funny because I won two motos in my whole 450 career. And mm-hmm. one of them was one of the easiest, and one of them was one of the harder ones. So, um, you just never know but like a track like that it really lends itself well to a really smooth and calm riding style which I generally had and I loved that motorcycle like it was my favorite outdoor bike I ever had I loved that bike it was so comfortable when the track got edgy and choppy it was so stable so I was just so comfortable and felt so good out front I my lines were really good I had picked up on a lot of like weird little lines here and there and I just felt awesome and then yeah I I wasn't tired at all and then uh, unfortunately for me after the race I was so excited Um, my parents hadn't been to a race in a while they were both there my um, Jimmy was there Button and everyone and we were all just like way too amped up (laughs) and I, I had that like thing where like the balloon just popped when I got back to the rig and I was like oh shit I have another one of these to do and I wasn't tired. I was just like, I just had like emotionally like nothing left. Cause I, it's no secret. My career was just a complete roller coaster, And yes, at least this wasn't my only win I ever had. But mm-hmm. I mean, in my eyes, I, it, especially at that point and before that point, I expected to win a lot of races in my career and I felt like I was good enough to do it. I just never got my stuff together enough to be consistently up front. So it felt like I had finally like overcome all this stuff and won against like the best guys, just I straight up rode away from everyone. So I was too, I was too amped up, man. Simple as that. I went back to the rig and I was like, Oh boy. So <laughs> that's what happened there.
0: Yeah. You, uh, you just pulled away from Anderson. He was on you. And then just I uh, four seconds, six seconds, seven seconds, right? Like just slowly pulling away, probably watching your pit board going, this is cool. <laughs> so. yeah i
2: was like "Huh, um <clears throat> why am i not doing this all the time and i got back in my mechanic hutch who was my mechanic for all the formative years of my career from my last year in amateurs up until this year in 2017 so we had a really really good relationship and he's like okay i know that's there where the hell has that been and can you please just do that more often because <laughs> obviously you're capable of it And i'm like yeah 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 for sure i'll just win every race now dude no problem (laughs) uh
1: yeah so that was it like that that emotion in between and by the way what is there 45 minutes probably total between motos Uh, that's not a lot yeah so you just weren't able to put it back put the race face back on so to speak quickly enough
2: no that's all it was is i was just too i was too excited and i felt like i accomplished something which i've learned there's a few races in my career where i learned a lot from like Not doing well. Some of them I didn't, and I just kept repeating the mistakes. But this one I learned a lot from because when we went to Buds Creek and I won that first moto, Mm -hmm. I had to like this one, I just rode away from everyone. And it was, I mean, as dumb as it sounds, it was easy. And Buds Creek, I had to like manage that race in that first moto where I was like, all right, if I, it's really, really hot today, been out front pushing the whole time. I smoked my clutch, bike smoking. I need to slow down. cruise for like five laps and then once uh i think it was marvin once marvin gets close to me i can put it back down and and finish this thing out and i can fight till the end and hold him off and that one felt good and as soon as i crossed the finish from that one i was like cool let's go back i got another moto to do and then i ended up winning overall that day so i learned a lot from this one where you don't you don't celebrate until the day is over you know what i mean like you just You can't do that. And at the time, I was like, "Dude, I don't care if I even ride the second moto," (laughs) because of all this. Dude, I, I mean, full transparency. Midway through super, or I guess three quarters through supercross, the whole team, Ricky, I'm talking Ricky, Carrie, everyone had flown in for a long table meeting with all the management and myself, and they basically told me that. I needed to change my program and do something different or they were going to do something different. I was like, okay, <laughs> so I'm like, you guys are really on my ass for like not paying me a salary <clears throat> and not paying me bonuses for a win. So, you know, but they were right. And that actually helped me. I made a lot of changes and got, uh, I mean, like I said, I moved to Ricky's down there and I just started grinding and it paid off. I won a couple of races that year and then thought I was back for my career. And then next thing you know, I'm, Back at the uh, bottom of the heat, but for a for a couple months there, I yeah. thought I was I thought I was back to making it happen. So,
0: uh, Weege, <laughs> has anybody has any rider? And I've j- I've joked with Justin about this, but. Weege, has any rider had more written off back to the top than Justin Bogle? Like, like where you're like, oh, I don't know. And then, oh, look, he's got it. And then, like, oh, I don't know. Oh, he's got it. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't
1: know if anyone's had more. And if someone did, the reason we wouldn't know is because I feel like you're one of the few that uh, owns it in that situation. Like, there are guys who, you know, miss entire seasons or get hurt a lot. And they don't want to hear it. Um, Steve has pissed off some dudes that tended to miss a lot of time or have bad seasons and even no matter how obvious it was i mean you could just look at the piece of paper and say here's the amount of races where you were missing or hurt or didn't do good they don't want to hear it so you're i feel like you just mentioned roller coaster like i feel like of anyone you own it at least which makes it seem maybe worse yeah, than yeah. other guys who hide
2: it <laughs> yeah but i mean it's i don't know i've always kind of been that way i'm i've I've never really been a guy for like excuses, which honestly, maybe it would have helped me out a little bit if I'd just been a little more transparent earlier on in my career like i I was I was dealing with some really, really big ones, and I was still really effective in the two fifty class with like basically zero prep time ever um, so whatever, but I mean, I have the craziest vault in history, I think like just, <laughs> 17 17 14 12 1 it's like what the hell is that all about but i mean i do think that for me i just i never really lacked self confidence and i really did believe i and i still do i always had belief in my ability on a motorcycle if nothing else like maybe i've been hurt so my fitness was terrible but i wasn't going to complain about it it is what it is everyone can say i'm you know out of shape and i suck whatever but it's. I'm going to turn this around at some point because I'm good at riding a motorcycle. And, you know, it paid off every now and then when the opportunity would present itself, I would do my best to take advantage of it. And that's pretty much what this day was. Like, the opportunity was there, and I kind of uh, seized the moment, I guess. Yeah,
0: it's... Uh, yeah, um, I'm, well, well, go ahead. Steve. Well, I was just going to yep. say, like, mm-hmm. the World Supercross this year, you'd been off a bike for a while with the MDK guys, and, and I don't think... Maybe you were quickest, but you were top three in the T V D class, right? Like the first practice of the year and uh first practice of the of the race at World Supercross and it's like and I was sitting there being like, Oh yeah, 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 Bogle's good at yeah, Bogle's good. He's he's good at riding a motorcycle no matter how long he's been away for, you know? So yeah. You're good.
2: <laughs> yeah, and that one too was kind of a similar thing, which which is what I'm doing now is I'm I'm really taking the time away to kind of get my stuff together, figure out you know, obviously I want to be prepared for world supercross and then see what happens. And it doesn't feel like that foreign to me to have to like reset and try to build back up because I had to do it so much. But yeah, I mean, honestly, that's almost like a, it's like a badge of honor, I guess for me at this point in my career, because I'm like, dude, I could have definitely thrown in the towel so many times. And I just, I just, I'm too crazy to just believe I just can't do it again. So I'm like, I just kept trying it. And I mean, you never know, man. I'm, none of us are making it out of this thing alive, so I might as well give her hell. I told you guys, dude. You guys are like, are you guys going like, to stop doing this stuff anytime? I'm like, ah, dude, I'm going to die on the field. Why not? <laughs> this is what I am, man. This is what I do. This is what it is.
1: The problem is your persistence usually pays off. Like this RCH thing here, like you're saying, it wasn't going well. And then next thing you know, you're starting to get your head above water, and then you full-on finish with the overall. And then, uh, yeah, you got hurt really bad the next year at JGR. But I remember this is by the time you're back on a KTM, starting winning heat races and stuff. Like 20. you always managed to get the head back above water eventually.
0: Yeah, 2019, Jericho, right? Jericho was a mm-hmm. that was oh, yeah. that was a great year for you. Yeah, you were back. Yeah. yeah, that
2: was a really good year. And I think it's just that thing, dude, where I just I just always believed, even if I was getting smoked, I was like, yeah, but that thing that athletes do you you reason, you make reasons why and you tell yourself and convince yourself I was, i've always been really good at convincing myself that yeah i mean if i got smoked today but that, i mean dude i should be up front it's fine i'll get them next time and then you never know dude i mean what What are you gonna do not be persistent give up on it like then you don't have think about it buds creek for me in 2017 this day in colorado are days that so yeah that buds creek winning that overall this moto in Colorado are moments that, if I had given up and not been persistent, would never have happened. And they are the brightest points of my 450 career that I had. So, mm-hmm. just not giving up and not being, just not laying down and being soft about things and understanding that, like, our right, life is difficult and racing at the highest level of our sport or doing anything to be great is going to require a lot of just dealing with problems and figuring them out. So, if I didn't fully believe in myself, I would have listened to everyone else possibly and maybe doubted myself or maybe looked at other guys that were supposed to be beating me and and let that affect what I thought of myself or where I should be. But I just I never did because I'd always felt like I should be one of them and that I was. And, you know, whether it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks, because when the moment like this moto in Colorado, when the moment presents itself, you take advantage of it and have one of the best motos of my career because I still believe that I should be there, you know? So,
0: mm-hmm. you know, it's funny. Um, I w- not, I'm not putting myself on your level at all, but I won one pro moto w- growing up in Canada right, in my local state, right? Province. And the one I won, it came the easiest I've ever ridden. It was, I kept waiting for them to catch me. Like I was like, I'm not riding that good. Like, but I'm pulling away. I don't know. Something about that, I guess. Just, yeah, I, I remember barely being tired and taking a win and being like, Oh shit, you know? Never did it again. I think but <laughs> I
2: think if you if you got with a you know, a sports psychologist or somebody like that that I think they would describe that as uh that that's that zone and that thing, that ever elusive mm-hmm. flow state or whatever they call it that you try to get into, which is what I was in that motto, which is just it was just easy. I was doing everything really good that I do, which is like I've been going to a lot of races this year with Colt and I'm trying to explain to him, like, it doesn't matter what the other guys are doing because you do what you do. You ride a certain way. You just have to maximize what you have, work on your weaknesses, but maximize mm-hmm. what you do the best, which is whatever that is. You know, you can't say, oh, well, Eli or Chase, they do this. I need to do that. It's like that's what I felt like that day is I just did my what I do the best I could do, and it worked out great. And mm-hmm. I honestly didn't have too many thoughts. I wasn't really I had zero stress. I felt good enough that I was like, well, I don't think anyone's going to be that much faster than me today. And if they are, then, I mean, yeah, maybe I learn a couple things and I get back around them because I just felt that good, that moto. But, yeah, there's something to that for sure.
0: Uh, by the way, Do- re- re-watching this in the lead at raceables with Justin Bogle here, uh, re-watching this, Justin, uh, GL is like, boy, if you had put some money in Vegas, you know, I wonder what Bogle's odds to win this moto would be, and and Wygant's like Justin Bogle, yes, that's right, Justin Bogle is taking off with this. <laughs> These two announcers, oh, yeah.
2: I know, we were doubters, we were haters, <laughs> but like I like I said, man, in, in their defense, what are you going to do? No, like, I don't. Twelve yeah. five, twelve five, the week before. Yep, and after the first moto. My trainer at the time was Corey Wharf, who had worked in the industry. He'd worked with, you know, MC, with Button, all these guys back in the day. And he was really good for me. And I was on the phone with him on the gate for the second moto. And I'm like, dude, I don't know what's going on, but I am dog shit. And he's, like, kind of just got on me. And was then I went out and had a solid top five. And then I was like, okay. The thing is with me, it never took much. Any little glimmer of hope, and I would – my confidence would immediately go all the way back up, which maybe sometimes got me in trouble. But for moments like this, it was great because I never had that thought in my head of like, Ooh, I don't belong here. I never really thought that, Mm -hmm. but there was a lot of times where I maybe didn't, but when the opportunity presented itself, I got a good start or would get a whole shot. I'm like, all right, you never know. Let's see what happens. But I don't know if you heard whenever uh, your internet cut out earlier, but me and we each kind of talked and I'm like, I think that I was—I might be the only guy modern, like, in the last 20 years that's won, like, a 450 race, like an overall or whatever, that was riding for free and made no bonus from it, and yeah. I didn't even care. How did you it not get happy... bonuses?
0: How did you not get bonuses? What the that hell? That was my
2: contract that year. That wow. The team, the team almost folded. Me and Brock both rode for yep. no salary that year, so I didn't care. I was happy because I loved the motorcycle, and I would have rode it for free anyway. Mm-hmm. And I could be competitive and I could fight for it every weekend. And that's all I cared about. Yep. So it was the happiest I'd been. And then days like, you know, Lakewood here was yeah. made it all worth it. Uh, but I will say this. I'll say this. I think I have a, a valid argument for having the best last lap show ever in a race. While oh, as far as move, like freestyle. I did a trick on every single jump, which you did comment
1: on. Yes. Yeah. Not since Rick Johnson in 1987. Did someone have okay. that many tricks on a last lap? That was, it was impressive. And I was so scared. I'm like, dude, this guy's got his one in a million chance here. He's finally going to win a moto and he's taking
2: risks. Again, Steve, did you hear that? I just got another slap in the face, but it's Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, if you were confident that if you threw it away this time, you were just going to do it again the very next uh, week, I mean, good on you. Well,
2: you can, you can look at it two different ways here, Weege. There's that one, but, I, I mean, I was confident in my bike control as well. So I was like, if this were my only win, I'm going to make this one memorable and I'm throwing whips and tricks on everything because, you know, who knows?
1: Yeah, I, I like it. I was just so worried. I'm like, come on now. Don't mess this up. Uh, yes, and and that is me saying that wasn't because I'm like, well, he's one thirty of these, and what's thrown one away? What's the difference between twenty nine and thirty moto wins? What's the difference? Yeah, I wish
2: it was like that for you. <laughs> well, you know, we can't uh, we can't be we all we can't win them all. They say, and for a lot of us, you can't win many. So is what it is, you know.
1: So but I'm, honestly, no one does that. Like Steve, what the heck happened to that? You remember '80 Supercross? Like you yeah. had to at least thumbs up over the triple on the last lap, at least.
0: Yeah, uh, it, it's gone. And then it
1: was down to nothing except the finish line jump. Bogo, you're the only guy.
0: All right, we're back on uh, regular phone. My internet is uh, out here, but uh, Justin, let me let me talk to you about this. It's in my notes here. You mentioned going down. The team said you got to make some changes. You went down to uh, Carmichael's place with Genie. Um, what was that like? Was that a shock to the system? Was that – at one point I talked to you and you said – I think I think it was this year, might have been the JGR year, where, like, she's breaking you down and you almost got to rebuild yourself. So take us through, like, that shock of, of her program down there.
2: I mean, Jamie's program was absolutely a shock on top of just the fact that it's – I was in California pretty much full-time and then it was – so hot and humid down there that doing all that work i was doing stuff like i mentioned with Corey, a trainer and we were doing a lot so i was doing i was burning the candle at both ends which showed itself in about a year and a half time but at the time it was really good for me mentally um she was tough on me man it, it's just the way she is but i mean even after you know that weekend or uh because i think that weekend it was me and joey that was at ricky's at the time and we got in, and Big Rick's like, see the boys had to flex a little muscle this weekend, okay. And Jeannie said, <laughs> she comes in, she's like, well, one race don't mean shit. It's time to get back to work. <laughs> this is like Monday, you know what I mean? She's like, no one cares. You won one race, let's go. Let's back to work. Let's. You got to get better, which at the time I'm like, all right, not even going to let me enjoy this thing. But, which is back to what I said earlier about the difference in winning the first moto at Lakewood or Bud's Creek. Yeah. She's right. So it was good, man. She definitely had me broke down pretty far at a certain point, but I think it was – it obviously was for the best. Like, I had my best summer. So mm-hmm. something to be said about just putting in work and just grinding with your head down, you know? I, I can it's imagine. It's always
1: weird to hear that, though. It's not, like you said. It's not like you weren't training or weren't in shape. It's not that. It's just It's just different.
2: I think for me, too, I'm such a – like I I get excited about certain things and I think that's why like I could be bad in practice a lot of times and then when the lights come on and the crowd's there and it's time to do things at night I could always kinda of find a little more is because I just get more excited when there's you know, a reason. I think and it was hard for me to be that focused every single day in practice. And uh yeah, I was I was busting my ass before for sure. But I think it was just, it was a big change and I've always kind of needed change to uh, keep the ball rolling. So Mm -hmm. it was good for me in that sense where I made a big change. I was happy down there. I was uh, riding and training with Joey, who I've been friends with since we were young. And and it was, it was fun. It was all different. I was, you know, kind of felt like I was starting back at scratch. So that was a big part of it for me. And then just you know, I guess sometimes you need to get yelled at.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, she does that. <laughs> she does do that. You know, Weege, I think, I don't, Weege, you and I were talking about JGR's legacy a little while ago and how they could never quite get on top of things. Well, I don't think we brought up Bogle's name in our conversation, but there's something else that didn't work for Coy and the guys because cause you got hurt, Justin, and you hit your head and, like, we were talking about how JGR just was on the wrong side of so many things. Barsha, Suzuki's, injuries, Sivachi, thing, like all of it. And maybe Weege will add Bogle to the list, too, because, yeah, you're coming off this year, JGR picks you up, and then,
2: yeah, concussion again,
0: you know? So. Well, you
2: could add me to that list for sure, because that season really, really <laughs> it was <not> derailed good. <laughs> everything that I had been. Dude, I was working so hard, like unbelievably hard, like harder than maybe anyone ever for like a two year period and I just could not get going. I wasn't comfortable on that new bike. Um I didn't race hardly ever. I had I think at least two surgeries that year. I had three concussions that were really bad and honestly yeah. I can take full responsibility for the San Diego thing with my arm and, you know, hitting my head again there, getting landed on. Um but the one I got cross-jumped, which, you know, again, I could a whole shot and stayed away from the pack of guys, but got cross-jumped, and I had a lot of momentum at that point. Like, I was really confident.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then, you know, the next one, six weeks later, a bike break in a rhythm section, that I was a really bad concussion. And, uh, yeah, that yeah. whole year just really set me yeah. on a weird path. But, yeah, a lot of us have had that similar story there. It's not like they didn't have the infrastructure or the no. capability. It's just... Shit, man! Sometimes things don't work out, and timing's bad, and I don't
0: know. They took a lot of swings, and and for solid reasons, for good reasons, for for sound reasons, and they just came up empty. It seems like a lot, but you know, they turned Weston around. That was a good job on that. Um, but there's certainly some positives. You know, Stu and Millsaps did really well. But yeah, overall, their legacy is like. Let's get this guy. Oh, crashes injuries. Let's get this let's switch to Yamaha. Oh, backwards motorbike nobody liked. Hey, let's switch to Suzuki. Oh, it's starting to get updated, you know?
2: Like, yeah. Yeah, that I think that was a big part of it for them is just they had honestly like one of the worst Yamahas ever. And then, I mean, I didn't ride one, but from yeah. what everyone had said, and then I went from like literally my favorite chassis ever to a completely like polar opposite feeling bike. So I wasn't going to get comfortable on it without a lot of time and uh, testing and all those things, which I didn't get to do because I just kept getting hurt. So,
1: yep. Yeah. Uh, True or not true, did uh, J-Bone tell you you need to just jump the jumps? Were you told to jump the jumps?
2: Um, No one's ever had to tell me to jump the jumps. (laughs) I was going to jump the jumps. But he did tell me, you're better than what you're doing, just, go faster and i'm like
1: i would love to you had him caught in a matrix he wanted to tell you to jump the jumps but he was like damn it i can't right i'll just go with faster i don't (laughs) he is jumping the jumps
0: (laughs) Leah re-raceables with justin bogle lakewood 2017 uh and something we talked about earlier before we got you on the line justin was this was the blake baggett amazing ride, uh, in both motos. He comes from a crash in moto one to third. And the second moto he passes, t- passes Tomac and takes the win. And then he has the press conference where he said he was eating, um, uh, cold stone creamery on Friday night and that he doesn't have a famous father.
2: And uh, do you, do you remember any of this mogul going on? I do, but <laughs> honestly, I was teammates with Blake for a couple of years and got to know him, you know, about as good as you can. Yeah. And, uh, and he he probably was eating cold stone and doing all of that because that's just the way he was he's yeah. like Blake is just a definition of an enigma like i loved being <laughs> teammates with him because he was awesome once you got to know him he was an awesome dude he would help out he would do whatever to help all of us but he is a funny funny guy man he was he definitely had no time for uh for media and stuff but when he did he was quietly so funny with it it was yeah. actually really impressive how much and how good he was at just trolling all of you guys. Yeah, we we had
0: somewhat of maybe the best relationship with him uh, out of everybody. And by the way, I texted him maybe three weeks ago to see if he'd do an interview or come on the show, and I did not get a reply. I, I know we're oh, all shocked. Oh, really? Yeah, I know oh, we're all shocked really? at this. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and so even to this day, Bogle like. If Tomek gets passed at a race or something, one of us in our group text or on Slack or whatever will be like, he doesn't have a famous father. <laughs> like, we, like it's it's stuck. <laughs> it's, it's stuck to this day.
2: So, yeah. He had a lot of one good, good ones. One. <laughs> but that one, he was on one that day. But in his defense, he was going so fast that it'd be hard not to be like, you know what? Yeah, he was. He... I'm doing this but... from now on. You guys are screwed, which well... –
0: Okay, I, I mean, I, he was, go- but maybe just wait for a two races, Blake. <laughs> Can you win two in a row before you drop it? <laughs> I mean, I, that's all where I'm coming from because you're right. He was unbelievable Although, on this day.
2: In his defense, he did, I think, did win the next moto the next weekend. So, Oh, did he? Okay. <laughs> yeah, he won high point. Oh, yeah, okay, he never won mind. High point. All right. Yeah, he was hauling. So, so he did. Yep, he did. Yep,
1: yep. Yeah. yeah, crazy. Uh, hey, let me ask you about your high point. So <clears throat> you're in this flow state. Do you, okay, high point, you, I think you went 7-9 nine or 9-7, nine, something like that. Are you, yep. Are you like, because you get a moto win, or suddenly your standard's totally different, are you, like, pissed off? Or are you, like, no, nah, I'm just getting the genies, I'll get it back? Like, what is the reaction? Because we always hear this from guys. You win the first race, and then for the rest of your life, people expect you to win all the races. <laughs> so what was it like the next time?
2: Um, yeah, I think I always kind of had a – Uh, a gift of a short memory with my losses. You know, I can -hmm. can recount everything from a win, but you talk about how I lost like 99% of my races, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. But (laughs) that next weekend would have been a lot better. It was really, really hot and humid there that year. And I remember running fourth for most of the race in the first moto. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Pretty close to third. Like, okay, if I just hang in here, I could get to third. And then I believe it was maybe Anderson um, towards the end of the moto was behind me, come into a corner and just like, you know, run into each other or runs into me, you know. I mean, it's hard to believe, but uh, we came together and then I fell and I ended up getting like ninth or tenth or whatever you said. And then forget what happened the second moto, something else a little stupid. So it was like I had a lot of momentum. And if I had just finished out that first moto and like – you know, fourth, it would have been a lot better. I would have kept that rolling more, but whatever, stuff happens. I still knew I was supposed to be up front. You know, even though I struggled to get back on the podium, I was really consistently, like, around fourth to, like, sixth a lot. And I was always like, okay, I'm getting better, and then as soon as that, my chance happens, and I get a start, and if anything happens, like, I'm going to take advantage of it, which is what I – ended up doing but yeah i I didn't get like all weird and overwhelmed with like because even then i knew like i went one nine but i was like look my whole plan that summer was i kept talking about like i want sustainable growth i want to be able to you know make this real not just like flash in the pan crazy moto i want to make this real and then obviously I went out with a moto by 12 seconds and then get ninth the next moto. So I didn't do that, but <laughs> I was okay with that because I was like, look, my plan the whole time was to just slowly improve to where I can stay there. And it's like, where I belong, not just like, Oh, if something happens, I can win.
1: Right. That so was fine. with Right. It. And the drop off wasn't, uh, like you, you, it's not like the next weekend. You're like, I don't feel even anything close to what I did at Thunder Valley. Like what, what, and then you're chasing your tail. You actually felt pretty good at the other race. No, I mean, I, like,
2: I started yeah. top five and I was in fourth just yeah. like yep, really like kind of cruising because it was so humid and I was like, all right, there's two motos, like this is going to be a long day. And like I said, I think if I hadn't had the tip over um, towards the end of the race that I would have been top five that moto and I still would have been fine because I was trying to save some for the mm-hmm. second one just because it was hot.
0: Yep. Did, uh, obviously there was the bonus and salary situation that maybe soured you a bit on it, but Carmichael Hart, uh, Kenny Watson, Kyle Bentley, uh, did you like the RCH thing? Did you enjoy that? Loved it. And it
2: didn't sour me at all. Like I knew, I I signed the deal. Like I knew what I was doing and, and I, I mean, when they told me that I said, I don't care. Like, just get me a bike. Like as soon as you can, I want to ride one of these, um, cause Wheeler had let me borrow a stock, like a bone stock one. And I was riding it just at the local track. And I was like, dude, honestly, I love this bike so much. Even just bone stock with stock suspension. I don't care. Just, just I'll sign a deal. I don't care. Okay. I wasn't soured at all. And, and I will say that that team was such an all-star cast and having Hutch go with me was really big for me. Um, Ricky was, has always been really, really good to me helpful um he always just like quietly believed in me and that was big for me and then um like I say KB Kyle was awesome uh very very motivated and driven and I loved that and guys like uh like Ryo was our suspension guy I spent a lot of time with him and Sergio was our chassis guy and Aaron was our uh engine guy and they were some of the best guys in the industry ever so guys like Sergio, Serge took me under his wing pretty hard because he's like, dude, I see stuff with you that you can do this. Like, it's just, you need to be better. You need to be better at testing. You need to be better at learning about the bike and things. Mm -hmm. And he really, really helped me out. Like took me to school and was like, all right, I'm going to send you stuff to like study basically. And you're going to learn what this stuff means, what this, you know, part does, what saying this means. And that was so huge for me just moving forward in my career. I learned so much, and I spent a lot of time with him and Ryo specifically. Uh, preseason going into outdoors, and then honestly, the bike was the best outdoor bike I had ridden. But they really, really helped with that. So I loved that team, and I was really, really sad to see it go because I wanted to stay with those guys and be a part of that. But yeah, I was yeah, no, no hard feelings right. at all about all that. They were in a weird money situation with the team, and. It is what it is. I was just thankful to be on a bike I loved, and those guys believed in me, and, you know, yeah, it was fun. Um, that was a really fun year for me.
0: Sergio's one of the smarter guys I've ever come across in the pits, for sure, and I've been, on, I've been around a while, and I've worked with a lot of people. Sergio's a really smart guy, and then some smart people can't translate to us dumb people what things are going on. I always felt Sergio could break things down for me when I asked him about what, what, what this link was doing, what this, what this chassis is doing. And and really helped me, so I'm I'm a fan of Sergio for sure.
2: I had a yeah. I have a lot of respect for for Sergio, and and I like I said I'm very thankful because he literally did not have to do any of that. You know, he was yep. he, he was dedicating time, extra time to try to help me just grow as a racer and learn so that I could get results, and it was uh, it was really cool. You know, I was really thankful for that.
0: Uh, I bet. Uh, Lee at ReRaceables with Justin Bogle. I'll let you go with this, Bogle. Uh, you won this, What We asked you about doing this podcast with us. You said you actually listened to some of these, so you were down. That's oh, awesome. Oh,
2: dude, I've listened to all of them. I love this podcast. <laughs> Wh-
0: which, one did, which one stands out for you, by the way? Is there one that stands out where you, the guest was the best or whatever? Was there?
2: Mm, definitely not the Will Hahn one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's fair. Um, uh, yeah.
0: You know what? You should go back. Uh, a real good one is Millsaps talking about the Anaheim 1 win. He's phenomenal. He was a phenomenal guest on that one. So go back and listen to that yeah, one. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, so we asked you what you wanted to do. You said, well, I won, you know, we won Buds Creek. We talked about the And you're like, but me winning Lakewood was out of nowhere. And I'm thankful we did that one I'm not the Buds Creek win. But at the end of the day, like, and you're not done racing. I understand that. But uh, I don't like your odds to win another national in your career. Can I just put that out there right now?
2: Um, perfectly fine i'd be fine uh, with not racing nationally right
0: right <laughs> but what i'm saying is like you've got the you've got the 250 supercross title you've got a ton of good rides here and there but you also have that one win in a 450 motocross race two motos 30 minutes the best in the world like that's cool to have on your resume when it's all said and done i i think that that's got to be awesome for you because you know winning a 450 motocross race is no joke you know uh so yeah that That's pretty cool, well, I think.
2: I agree, and I appreciate that. And I think, for me, I was never going to be satisfied if all I had ever done was win a – I say all I'd ever done was win a 250 Supercross title. But that one, when I won even that night, I just was already like, okay, even that night, I was like, all right, well, you know, Glenn Helen's in two weeks, like this, this, this. Like, I didn't yep. – it, it didn't sink in. I didn't really – it didn't mean as much as, like, I maybe thought it would. But it also was like, okay, this is a two fifty supercross title. But to be able to win at a at the four fifty level, even if it was just a few races, was really important for me mm-hmm. being okay with the way things went in my career because I mean, I know it's a lot harder to win a four fifty race than it is to win two fifty supercrosses. So Yeah. Absolutely. I was uh, I was happy with that. You know, obviously I wanted to win and do a lot more and I thought I could, but you uh Beggars can't be choosers, man. I'm happy with what I did because I did everything I could. And is what it is. Yeah. Not everybody's supposed to be Ricky Carmichael, man. That's why he's <laughs> a goat. And not everybody wins everything. So yeah, yeah. Well said, for sure. And I grew up in a pretty damn gnarly era, dude. Like the guys I grew up racing on 60s are the guys still winning races right now. So it's not like I uh, raced a bunch of scrubs. So
1: yeah,
0: yeah. It's all good. Right. Weed you anything?
1: Is there going to be, uh, we have to have a volumes of a, a book written someday on this uh, Suzuki that ended that year? I mean, you're like the 15th guy to say how magical that motorcycle is.
2: Yeah, It's kind of funny. I still have one, and I, I'm pretty sure I would be pretty good if I went and raced it around well, the, today. There's always, it's the, that good. there's always the 08 Honda
0: 450 that we hold up, right, uh, as a, a magical bike and... Lots of people have told us about an 08 Honda 450, but yeah, Ouija, maybe you're right. Maybe we need to put the 17 RMZ in that list, too, because in, right? Roxin too. Love this hey, bike. Hey, you know what
2: it so, is? Yep. Here's what it is. All the bikes these days are very agile and nimble and a uh, little more front-heavy. That bike was like the last of the Mohicans, dude. That thing was so stable. I could hit – my suspension was so soft that year that I was just slapping fenders off everything. But I could hit any bump and it would just stay straight,
0: right, huh, yeah,
1: oh okay. We just actually found something out about what has changed in the whatever philosophy of bikes in the twelve years or whatever um since that kind of first that generation first came out. Wow, that's crazy, so there's a a noticeable difference in how dirt bikes are designed now huh, we do
2: absolutely you you actually nailed it. Is that all in pursuit of turns better, turns better, turns better, turns better, turns better? Turns better? Yes, because what uh-huh. really matters is Supercross, you know, and mm-hmm. I mean, I think any manufacturer or any racer even would pick winning Supercross over winning outdoors. So all the bikes have kind of leaned further towards that. I think that the Suzuki was so good because from the time that they came out with a 450, you had Ricky developing the first one, which he didn't have a choice but to have a bike good enough to win because he had to win. And then yeah. – you go from him to, you know, I mean, look at the list of guys that race that thing. Dunge, Roxen, Stu, Chad, all those guys. Chad. like, <laughs> I mean, I won the next to last race on that generation bike. Like, it was just that good that even, you know, little old me could surprise everybody every once in a while.
1: So I'm saying, if you look at the amount of race wins on that, you know, chassis and who rode it, it's pretty much as good as any bike ever. Pretty cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, really, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, think about that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yes. uh, cool, awesome. Uh, thanks, good Justin. Time, boys. Yeah, thank you I for jumping it. in. Thank you. Awesome, thanks, buddy. See you.
1: See you around. See you guys. Yep.
0: All right, thanks to Justin Bogle. Uh, always a good interview. And yeah, I mean, just the reinvention of Justin Bogle happened two or three times in his career. And as I said in that interview too, another swing and miss by JGR. Not even their fault. Yeah. Just another swing and miss by JGR. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Our, our guy, Coy, uh, RIP, just tried he and tried hurt. and tried.
1: Yes, Bogle got hurt. Um. Wait, did he get hurt in the off-season? Then I think he came back, I and think then he didn't he... Jump, ju- jump and got landed on.
0: Yep, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, And then, uh, then came back, then missed a lot of time and came back and was, you know, horribly out of shape, but still racing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and eventually, I'm sure there are people on the side saying like, why does this guy keep getting chances? But the fact that he had come back from the dead two or three times, to me, I always believe. I'm like, well, you can never count the guy out. Like, I don't care if he's getting 18th right now. He could be six months away from running podium speed because he's done it many times Yeah, uh, before.
0: You know what? Yeah. I, think, I think people like him, too. I think Justin uh, endears himself to um, a lot of teams he's on, a lot of people around him. And, and you know, that's also like if you have a tiebreaker, you're like, well, Bogle's a good dude. He tries really hard. We like him. Let's hire him, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, again, he made another comeback with the, with the Rocky Mountain guys and was really good. A couple years later after this, then, you know, got hurt again, knocked himself out again. And, yeah. uh, you know, you're just like over and over the guy would just come back. But like I said in the, in the interview, no matter what, he's got a national win at a 450 on his mantle, and I think that's cool. I always think back to, you know, I guess a little bit of my mechanicing career where, like, dude, I won a national with Kelly Smith. Like, obviously, Summer Cross was good, too, and I make jokes about it. But, (laughs) like, a national win as a mechanic is, it's I got one. And uh, that's cool, right? Like, I don't know. That's how I think about it. So if you're a racer, you lay back and you're like, what did I do? I got a national win. That's pretty cool. So that's all.
1: I just yeah, think, and I just uh, as, that, as he said, even better. I mean, it was 450 class. Yeah, that's that is legit.
0: Or are you saying my 125 national win?
1: Well, first of all, you're only the mechanic, so I'm not even trying to draw the parallel. Okay. To even insult you later. Yeah. <laughs>
0: okay. All right.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: All right. Two uh, fifties on this day. Two fifty motocross results. So, I, first of all, Forkner goes two three for fourth overall. That 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 we've seen that before, but. That one hurts. <laughs> yeah, that that's a that's a tough tough look. Two, three for fourth. Uh, Savacci, who's always good at Lakewood, won this one. Four-one. Um, troll Train. One-four. Right,
1: that's what I was waiting for. Oh. Like, on top of all this, famous father and Eli and Blake yep. and
0: yep. Bogle. Yep. Troll Train. Unbelievable, right? Um, take
1: take take the stand and and give the uh, the witnesses assembled. Well, this is run down the resume here.
0: This so no one in the sport probably has as many crappy results to start their career and then one races uh, like Toltray. That's number one. <laughs> that's where we start first of all. Like no one looked at Alex Martin on eleven ten and Alan Brown's team, the fill-in Geico ride they kind of gave him from Millville. No one looked at Troll and was like, oh yeah, that's that's the guy. He's coming up. Like no, he was just a dude, just a guy, right? Owned Millville. That was it. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And yep. he 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 turned it around. He got the he got Rock River ride. Started riding pretty good. Uh, won a moto there in the mud. You know, Star picked him up. He won national. He got podiums uh, indoors and out. This is TLD this year. Uh, he moved on from Star to TLD. He wins this first moto. Um, just yeah, just a tour de force performance from uh, from Troll Train. And he would go on to uh uh get hurt, I think
1: I got Shugel.
0: Well was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he uh,
1: probably would have been second in uh second in points behind Zacho. Yeah, he This ra- is Zacho's year, right?
0: Yeah, this is Zacho's year. He ripped off uh before he got hurt, he ripped off five straight podiums. Um Yep. Yeah. Just just a legend. A legend. And and the whole time J T just angry. Just oh. angry.
1: <laughs> it was impressive because he ha- was on star and he was really good the year before on star. Um I mean, I would honestly argue the second and third rounds of 2016, he was the fastest 250 motocross guy of yeah. all. I think he went down at Colorado in 16, Troll Train, in like the first moto, still came back from like last to eighth, then like won a moto, and it's like, oh my god, we are living in a world where Alex Martin is just mm-hmm. has pure speed that no one no one can match the pure speed it, of, of Alex Martin.
0: I remember, this is uh, the next no, the year the year before this was a Phil podium at Glen Helen. And then Troll Train win at Glen Helen, and and all of us have never been more united than that day. I think
1: it was it, it? it, was, a, it was a home it was home runs for the triples, Steve. <laughs> it
0: really it was, was home runs at the Glen Helen were too. Home runs. Yeah, it was um, phenomenal. Yeah, so I
1: was afraid. I'm like, oh, dude, Troll Train. He's going. I mean, we know at that point we already knew the Star Bikes were amazing, and I was like, oh man, he had a good thing going. But actually, no, he was pretty darn good yeah with the tld ktm also
0: yeah yeah he was yep. uh then christian well christian craig made sure that his his winning was going to end in supercross at some point oh thanks craig I forgot um, poor innocent <laughs> troll just, the, the video of that there's video floating around he just crumples his little body just crumples on the ground like his neck and his back and oh, oh god uh so uh, osborne won the championship this year eight five he's sick on this day according to observations um,
1: I think he crashed in the uh, first moto, too.
0: Yeah, yep. yeah, maybe. Yep. Um, but, yeah. Um, good stuff, this observations column. Yep. Uh, somehow, Kyle, Kyle Cunningham, I wrote, Kyle Cunningham had gone DNF, DNF, DNF at the first four motos. Well, <laughs> and, and he went 13-13 at Lakewood. So I don't even remember that, but I'm sure Aaron Hansel does. But DNF to start <laughs> the year. Uh, our guy AC goes 537 um, on this day. And AP goes 739. And this is the day that Nick Way is flagging with AP. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. AP stuck on the side of the track.
0: Yeah, so if you want to go even weirder of this day, the flaggers is doing a very crappy job when AP goes down on the backside of a jump going up the hill, and Nick Way who's watching for Adam runs over, grabs the flag and is just flagging. Good times. Uh,
1: that's incredible. Yeah. That's. Yeah, he grabbed the flag from the flagger and is like, you're not doing it right.
0: Yeah, and, and then was flagging and then Nick also said, so after after he did that, then an MX sports official was trying to kick him out of the race. Maybe not. Oh. Yeah, Nick was like, the guy's like, get out of here. Get out of here. We're going to kick you out of the, you know, you're going to get kicked out of the whole track. And Nick's like, I'm just flagging, man. I'm trying to help. And I, don't, yeah. I don't think the guy knew it was Nick Way or thought it was just a random fan. I don't know. Maybe. But he got in trouble for flagging. So, yeah, just think about all that stuff.
1: Oh, uh, That's great. Yeah, uh, AP was on the side of the jump just – Handja ju- like, because it's like yeah. he was running like second and tips over, and then it's like, oh great, now I'm going to be last.
0: Yep. yeah, yeah. It, it was yep. good. So that's all. It's all chronicled in the observations column. People want to take a look at that.
1: Mm. Really good
0: stuff. Um, mm. Yeah. All right. That's I mean, good, uh, good. it sounds
1: like really, yeah. Forget reraceables. Just go back and read the old obs, everybody.
0: Oh, it's fantastic. Um, <laughs> all right. Okay. So you want to do the category? Shall we do that? Lee at reraceables. Sure. All right. Uh, again, email us using the contact form on Pulp MX. We'll pass it on to Elliot. They'll give you a discount. Thank you to Guts Racing as well. Uh, Pulp 23 is the code to save with Guts Racing. Uh, seats, foams, seat covers. You can design your own seat cover, weed. You can put your colors where you want. Ribbed or not ribbed seat covers, you know, phantom lightweight foam, whatever you want. When it comes to seats, weed it's Guts or it's nobody. Sounds good. Uh, all right. And, again, Maxis, Scott, Decal, works, all on board with us. And uh, thanks to Bogle, by the way. Good interview. Always a, a good guy. He says he listens to the show, but when I put him on the spot, I mean, I put him on the spot there. He didn't, he didn't really, have much. He didn't have much, but um, anyway. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Uh, Re-race categories. Who really won the race? <sighs> I
1: I don't want to answer this one. I don't. Why? <laughs> well, I mean, we're here to celebrate Bogle. Bogle getting this big moto win. But honestly, um, you could go to Colorado National this year in a few months and be like, "Hey, do you remember that day when uh, Bagot beat Tomac?" Everyone's going to say, "Oh hell yeah!" Like, this is a this is a a very very memorable thing. But unfortunately, I think the Bagot win stands out more. But I feel bad because it's awesome for Bogle.
0: Yeah, yeah, I kind of kind of with you a little bit. Um.
1: We were going into this as Bogle, and then you hit me up. You are like, "Wait, this is the famous father race, also."
0: Yes, yes. Um, I, we love Bogle; he's a great interview. But Bagot won this race. Yeah.
1: Okay, you are willing to say it. You have I to. I
0: mean, he came from last or whatever to to third in Moto One, and then you know, caught, passed, dropped Eli. I, I, sorry, Bogle's awesome, but I think you got to go Bagot.
1: Okay, that, uh, that's what I would like to do, but I am not saying it. <laughs> Okay, all right. Poor Bogle. Poor uh, Bogle. Who
0: really or who really won the race, Baggett? Who's that guy award? Well, I this is pretty new, so both of us are going to know a lot of guys. But I went down, and I have to say that for me, 26th place in uh, 450 class, Mitchell Gifford. He's a Colorado local. Right ahead of Connor Olson, our guy. Uh, Mitchell Gifford might be the guy that um, – I don't know who is. Uh, Austin Koba, by the way, working at WPS, a few spots behind him. Uh, I, I can go Mitchell Gifford or in 250s. Uh, I didn't know there, there's a couple guys in there, but Joachim Falden from Denmark. We had a Denmark guy named Joachim Falden. Wow. twenty nine twenty seven. That's random. I don't random. think I knew that. Yes.
1: Yeah. I don't right. think I knew that.
0: Right. So what do you got?
1: Um, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Logan France getting 38th in the 450 class, and that is his only national that appears in the books.
0: Nico Izzy raced this day, too. Huh. Oh. Are, um,
1: Hard to keep up with the Nico Izzy comebacks. It is. Yeah, this is uh, also funny. We had uh, Connor Olsen and Claude Olsen, uh, CEO 600, our guy Connor Olsen, who we've had some fun with. He's the one that uh, works for Fox and races nationals and the JT. always gets furious that I interact with him. Um, and give Fox free publicity. Well, we thought that these two guys are from Colorado, both last name Olson, and they would find each other on the track a decent amount of times, uh, only to find out they are not related. Uh, we even did, uh, interviews with them as privateer profile this week in 2017, uh, on the racetrack site, Connor and Claude Olson, both from Colorado, both the same speed, not related.
0: Um, yeah, that's odd. I remember that now. Yeah, totally. Right. (laughs) Um, yeah,
1: yeah. It happened once dude, I'm not kidding. It happened once at Loretta's. The guys were from the same freaking town. <laughs> and they were like fourth and fifth. And like with Kevin Kelly, of course, we're like losing our minds. Yeah. You and guys he's are like just... he's like, I would do unspeakable things to beat my brother in a moto at Loretta's if I'm battling him in top five. And then it finds out and then and the tenth where they come in to in yeah. their bikes, they're like, Yeah, we're not related.
0: <laughs> Random for sure.
1: Same town. Of course, I'd probably raced each other 9,000
0: times. Yeah, really, right? Um, Yep. All right. uh, Lit Kid Award. Uh, The Fox stuff had some uh, spiderweb, blue spiderweb stuff from the PC guys. Uh, I don't mind Baggett stuff. It looks good. Uh, Bogle's got answer stuff on. It looks pretty good on the RCH bike. Um, I will probably go with Tomac stuff, though. A-star stuff. It's it's green and blue. It's pretty standard stuff, but it's good. I'll probably go Tomac with that.
1: I was actually I was afraid you were gonna pick it. The very first thing you said, Savachi's mint spiderweb fox mm-hmm. look, excellent. So I'm going with the Pro Circuit team, or specifically Savachi.
0: Yeah, I don't really like the uh, spiderweb stuff. The, the 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 pattern. The colors are cool, but the pattern,
1: you know. How dare you? I mean, Bradshaw wore spiderwebs.
0: This is true. You got me on that one. Yeah. Uh shit, kid <laughs> award. Um, I didn't see too much. I, I perused the internet, looked for some photos. I didn't see too much stuff. Um, I'll probably go with the Thor stuff that Coop was wearing. Um, pretty basic stuff, like the high the high vis was there. People love the high vis uh, around this era, so a lot of high vis. I'll just go Thor. It was just eh.
1: Um, yeah, I'm not. I don't know. Um, I was thinking maybe uh, J Mart. This is the alias days for um, Geico. Okay. I actually, thought yep. the, I thought the Alias gear looked good um, most of the time. I don't know. It was almost too much. It's like red on red on red on red on red. Almost too much. Alias uh, was actually pretty good. I think underrated how they looked. But since they're not around as a gear company anymore, I can make them shit kit, and I'll probably get less heat for it.
0: There you go. Okay. That works.
1: Yeah. I will say we didn't pick Baggett for lick Kit, but yes, for Fly Racing, I feel like this is one of their... Yeah. Their stuff was looking about as good at this point as they ever had. It was looking good. This, yeah. This and, summer. They had a yeah.
0: few rough years there. Fly did. But yeah, uh, around this but time. they
1: were cooking yep. at this point.
0: Uh, where's JT Awardly at Reraceables? While he's there, he's not racing. I think this is the year after he quit. When did he quit? 15, 16?
1: The year after? No, I think uh, 13. 13?
0: Was, oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, it was okay. Several years after. Jesus. So he's, I'm getting so old. He's.
1: Uh, Probably yeah. there with us. Oh, he's
0: there. He's, he's hanging out. Um Yep. Is this uh Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, it's 2017. I'm trying to put picture the bottom line show. I know I didn't do it this year, but when did I do when did I end the bottom line show? I feel like Well, I, the,
1: I mean the 13? the one-day format yeah. came in in 09, so I oh. hate to tell you how old
0: you are. Oh my god. Okay, never mind. We'll move on. Did you
1: try to bring it back one Didn't you try to bring it back?
0: No, I don't think so.
1: So so 2008 might have been the last time.
0: Jesus. Okay.
1: That's unbelievable. I'm really
0: struggling with my life right now with with ages
1: and and years. Oh my god. Uh, how, how were there? how how did internet video was around like en mass? I don't know. 2008? I
0: guess. I guess. I feel like we were on the you cutting edge. Rob. Right? Yeah, I mean RoboRob. cutting edge.
1: You really were. I mean, there weren't vlogs back then.
0: No. No, 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 no. There was none. Uh, all right. The uh, Jacob Marsack Award for the rider who did the best that uh, you probably won't realize or didn't talk about. Well, uh, there's a few options for this one. I, I'll probably so that Mark Worth guy had a good summer, right? Um, this year he was 14th in, in one of the motos in the 250 class. Oh but
1: yeah, look at that. Yeah,
0: I'll, I'll go Dakota Alex. He was Baggett's teammate. He was a fill in for somebody. You can tell me who. I don't know. Um, Jericho Wrenching. And had a good, solid year in the 450 class, just outside the top 10, 10, to 15 in almost every moto. Dakota Alex, good year for him.
1: Yeah, I do not remember. Uh, no, I guess I vaguely do. I, I just always think of Dakota Alex is a 250 guy, right? Um, I, I very <laughs> I very vaguely remember him racing 450s. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, I was going to mention um, now of uh, MXA. Josh Moseman getting 19th overall, 1631. Uh, Michael's brother. Josh, I mean, seriously, one of the nicest guys ever. Yeah. Right? Yep. Like yeah. Josh is an unbelievably nice guy. No, I knew he was a pro and I knew he did pretty yeah, well. He was I'm good. not shocked. Yeah, I'm not shocked that he got points uh or anything. I knew he had done it. But I'm just saying that if you're in his job now, he's media guy for MXA, you get to cruise around knowing in your heart that you scored points in four fifty nationals, you're like there isn't even a large enough uh, measurement of mileage to say how much further ahead that puts you than the rest of us. So, I just want to give him his props.
0: Yeah, no, Josh was good. Um, yeah, um,
1: yeah. Five years ago, I was just scoring points, and I mean, dude, he made nationals last year, didn't he? Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, I mean, dude, that's that's who yeah, who in 50, the media game is doing that at almost any sport.
0: He got fifty points uh, this year, twenty seventeen year. He tied Jeffrey Hurlings. Remember remember Jeffrey Hurlings coming oh, over? I don't know if that slipped your oh, mind or not.
1: But. My. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. The next time we see Josh Moseman, we have to say this.
0: You tied Hurlings, he tied
1: Hurlings in point.
0: Lost the tie break, though, unfortunately.
1: Oh, the the 1-1 overall win gets it done?
0: Yeah, get, gets it gets gets the tie break uh, over. You know what sucks?
1: I don't know if you're going to get Jeffrey on one of these shows.
0: No, probably not.
1: It would be great, actually. He probably would... Probably would want to talk about it.
0: Hey, looking at these yep. results, too, of the season-ending results, this is Trey Kennard racing Redbud, Southwick, and calling it a year. That's it. Four motos. KTM, right?
1: Oh, this is Trey's last year?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would think so. Yeah,
1: he retired at Millville.
0: Yep, just that's it. Done. Yeah, mm.
1: yeah. the KTM year. Yep. You know, I'm glad you brought that up only because of this. Um, well, a couple things. They They let me host the announcement that he was retiring there in the pits at Millville that morning. But I thought it was really classy of KTM to realize like, Trey's not going to the hall of fame. wearing a KTM cap. Like he's a Honda guy. Yeah. So they did it at the KTM truck, but they invited all the Honda people, even the Geico people over mm-hmm. um, and let them pretty much take the majority of the spotlight. Cause they, Trey was a Honda guy.
0: Oh, I don't remember that. Okay. That's cool. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I thought that was cool. Um, but <clears throat> you know, it's funny with Tomac switching to Yamaha and doing so well, it just gets so much, Mileage on like, well, he switched, he got a fresh change. Yeah. Yep. And uh, we forget most of the time it goes like this. This is how usually the late career, I just got to try something different. It very rarely results in what it did for Tomac. It yeah. usually goes like this.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. Also, by the way, uh, this is another year. Dean Ferris shows up and gets second at High Point on a Rock River Yamaha.
1: Oh, that was this year with that Ferris. That was this
0: year, yes, with Ferris. Okay. So 2017, so yeah. Just then a,
1: became a factory Yamaha rider look, briefly. Mm,
0: um, not this year. The, the next no, year. No, no, yeah. But, yeah. Like,
1: it earned him a...
0: Yes, and then he hated the bike, and he, the team didn't like him, I don't think, and... <laughs> and it, he just and he's quit. Just left. Yeah, it just disappeared. Yep. Just yep. disappeared, yeah. Yeah
1: yeah exactly yeah that was that was a tough one all right um you know who was smart enough by the way to uh mention that the team switches usually work out badly more than they work out well Hmm. of course the king jeremy mcgrath yeah had him on our smx insider show a couple weeks ago and everybody's like well the bike switch and it was awesome and rv's like man i wish i had done that And jeremy's like yeah but everybody's forgetting how badly it usually goes yeah yeah i mean mcgrath switched to ktm how'd that work out
0: yeah, no, absolutely. No, uh, Kodrowski getting on Honda or Troy, or you know oh, what I mean? Like, Barnett,
1: how about your guy, Bomber? Yeah, my guy,
0: Cali. Bomber. Uh, yeah, you can go on and on. Yeah, the the, yeah. La- the last years of your career jump to another brand. Yeah. It's probably. Emmett Smith
1: on the Cardinals. It's
0: probably 75 25 in favor of the. It goes bad. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what makes this Tomac deal. And Anderson switching to Cali was great, yeah. too. That, these are rare. It's yeah. not that as simple as just switch and it'll automatically fix your problems.
0: No, for sure. Um, all right, that's the Liat re Thank you to Liat, of course, Maxis Guts, Decal Works, Scott Goggles. And thanks to, Je- thanks to Justin Bogle for uh, giving us some time as well. Uh, good stuff from Bogle as always. Uh, thank you for yeah. listening. And, uh, yeah, Weech. thanks, buddy. We'll, uh, we'll we'll reconvene at a later date for another one of these.
1: Yeah, we'll get Hurlings on the line. Yeah. And uh, well, we'll talk I- Iron Man. We'll,
0: we'll get Hurlings on and then we'll get Baggett on. And, yeah, we'll get Hurling's
1: on Baggett, JG, and you then can talk maybe JG. JG. About his
0: yeah, and then here. maybe yeah. Anderson the next week. We'll, we'll try okay. to schedule them all. Okay, lining
1: up. You know, there's a speaking of Hurlings in seventeen. There's a video out there, and it's really well done, but it's about how like the American media has tried to forget that Hurlings came to Ironman and went one uh, one.
0: Yeah, I didn't watch it, but I saw Davey talk to me about it a little bit, and I'm just like, come on.
1: Yeah, the video is good. My only issue is. They play our review podcast. They take clips from our review. Yeah, they use our review podcast of us talking about how awesome he did. Like, there's a clip of you saying, like, I hear all these guys talk about setup and setup and setup. This guy had a different frame (laughs) than he's ever raced on, and he went 1-1. So I don't want to hear about setup, everybody. He had a different frame. So we praise him. They, They play parts of the broadcast where I say how amazing and unbelievable this is over and over and over gushing praise on hurlings in this video and then right after that it says but since the race the american media doesn't talk about it they want to talk about carmichael they want to talk about stewart when they talk about great races they talk about carmichael they talk about stewart <laughs> and i'm like you just played our review podcast after the race talking about how amazing and awesome it is how do i not get credit for saying it was amazing and awesome you literally just played the clips
0: That's, I, yeah who knows, man? People are yep. It's the, that's where we're yeah. at, right? It's a right or left. Uh, that's where we're yeah, at.
1: Yeah, right. I am. I am. I will admit, and I am sorry. Like when we talk legends, you're just gonna talk Carmichael and Stu more because they raced in America, and it happened more, and it happened over the course of years. I'm not even saying that they're better than hurlings. It's just, it's not. Like, Hurling's just yeah, no, not going to come up in the convo. There, it's there, just not.
0: There's probably Japanese baseball podcasts talking about the great Japanese baseball players that played in the KBO and the Jap, 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 Japanese leagues. Right. And then over here we talk about uh, Griffey Jr. and and Mark McGuire. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Because they're here. And, yeah. Yeah.
1: I was actually shocked at Hurling's Day, um, how respectful the crowd was. Like, he was so good, and I didn't – The the podium, I thought, was actually – good to him. and then we had the end of the year banquet beer bash down there mm-hmm. and the whole, everybody i talked to was just like oh my god oh my god that guy's unbelievable he's ridiculous like i thought yeah. everybody was cool and respectful and i'm like what
0: yeah i don't remember yep i remember everybody being like oh wow that's awesome cool right he's dude. a bad dude yeah, bad yeah dude. i don't yeah
1: i didn't hear any excuses i didn't hear any crying um yeah we literally on our review show <laughs> that's what you said Hit a different frame everybody yeah and he still beat you all
0: Yeah. Ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right. We'll try to work on getting hurlings on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Let's do
0: that. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. Thanks, Weege.
1: See ya.